0: Thank you so much for being here today. We're going to dive right into God's Word this morning so if you've got your Bibles open up to Mark chapter 1 Mark chapter 1 and while you're turning there uh, let let me just share one thing real quickly throughout this month we're on a bit of a journey on Sunday mornings we're teaching about the box and I'll get into more of that in just a few minutes But what we're doing is we're sending out email blasts and through our app, through the website, so forth. We're making available to you each week on Mondays a real brief recap of the Sunday message. It's like a three-minute recap. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're reading one of the chapters out of Mark's Gospel. So this week we did chapters one, two, three, four. And then on Sundays, we're going to be referring to some things you see there in Mark's Gospel But more than anything else, each day as we read these chapters, you'll get just a real short recap of that chapter and a thought that will help you open up the box to see God do bigger and greater things in your life. So I encourage you to join us. If you're not on the email list, you can sign up at the Connection Center or you can get the Bridge app. It'll be there. It'll be in the website as well. We just want to take this journey together. Now, today as we get started with this message, we began this series last week about the box what's in the box if you were not here and you didn't hear the message well god's in the box all of us have god in a box and that box is shaped and it's designed like our knowledge and our understanding of god So everybody's box is different. It looks different. It's a little different in shape because our our walk with God has been different than others. Our knowledge of God is different from others. Everyone's box is different. But the big question is, do you have a lid on your box? Or have you taken off the lid so God can continually grow that relationship with him? And one lady last week, as a matter of fact, uh, Ann and I went to lunch with our kids last week and our grandkids. How many of you know that's a good thing to do on Sunday afternoons? And so because we have little grandkids, we went to In-N-Out because it's much easier with kids at In-N-Out than some other places. And we ran into a lady who attends our church, and she said, I got so excited when you held up that one box because when you said, what's in the box? I said, Tiffany's. (laughs) But today, this is not Tiffany's. God is in the box. We've all... If you don't know what Tiffany's is, guys, ask your wife. She knows, and she will tell you, okay? And as a matter of fact, it might be a good idea for you to find out what this color means. But at any rate, today we want to continue looking at the prayer that Paul prayed in Colossians chapter one. That's the foundation for this series. We, we had it on the video, we read it last week. Paul prayed what was basically a threefold prayer. And one of the things that he prayed for is is that you and I would know God's will for our lives Now I went over the three things last week in my introduction to this series But today we're going to break into the first of those three things and we're going to talk about God's will You know God wants us To understand he has a will for our lives And then he wants us to be able to pursue His will for our lives God's will is a precious treasure but it's not something he's hidden away from us It's not something he doesn't want us to know and fulfill. It's something he wants us to pursue But there are so many misconceptions About the will of God for our lives You know Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17. I mentioned it last will last week the Apostle Paul said therefore do not be unwise But understand what the will of the Lord is now. Let's take that for a minute To each of us. He says don't be unwise You need to know the will of the Lord Well, if he wrote that then evidently we can know The will of the Lord and if the illustration he gave in the next verse he says don't just stumble through life like a drunk guy Not knowing where you're going or what's coming next with unsure footing Don't stumble around like you're drunk, but know the will of the Lord for your life Jesus when he was teaching the disciples to pray says pray this way pray father your kingdom come your will Be done in earth as it is in heaven your will be done in my life invite God's will into your life In the Old Testament David the psalmist said Lord teach me your will lead me into your will because it is so good God's will is better his plans are better than any plans we could ever have for our own lives but like i said earlier there are a lot of misconceptions about god's will and when we have misconceptions about god's will what happens is we get god's will in the box and we get a lid on it and we think well this is just how it is for my life let me tell you something the will of god is ever expanding ever growing his mercies are new every morning god has new plans every day of our lives if we're willing to walk into those plans and we're going to talk about that very thing today but let me just talk about a few misconceptions for example some people believe well god's hidden his will from me and he doesn't want me to know it that's not right another misconception says well God only has a will for some select people like Pastor Gary and this person and that person but but for me no God doesn't yes he does he has a specific plan and will for your life some people think well God's will is a drudgery and I'm not going to enjoy it and I'm not going to get to do what I want to do so I, I don't I don't want it let me tell you something The most fulfilling life you will ever live the most happy joy-filled life you can ever live is a life filled with god's will it's a great life to live and then some people like me have believed in days gone by that god wants me to do something and be something i can't do and i can't be you know i i told the story a couple years ago when i was a kid there, there was a missionary that came to our church and then later on a couple of years later in africa he was in the congo in the days of the revolution back in the 60s and he got killed by some of the revolutionary armies and they announced on a sunday morning in our church and everybody was boohooing and crying because this great man of god had been killed and i was just a little kid and i heard that and i got it in my head that day yeah that's that sounds like god he'd call me to go to africa and i am not going to africa I can't do that I can't let me tell you something I've been to Africa what four times now I love it now but back then I didn't understand it because I thought yeah that that sounds like like God he his will is for me to go to Africa and get killed by a bunch of crazy people you know I don't want to do that but God doesn't call us to do things that he won't equip us and give us a heart to do God's will is a treasure but in order to pursue God's will for my life i must first believe that god's plans are better than mine now that story of me as a kid let me stretch it out a few years my senior year in high school there were some doors that began to open and i began to pursue a life and and what i thought was going to be a career for me that would last all my life so from the time i was I guess 17, until I was almost 20, I was headed down this road and doors were opening, opportunities were there. I was enjoying what I was doing until I got close enough to see what the end game was gonna be. And when I got to that point, I realized it's not nearly as fulfilling as I thought. And what I was pursuing wasn't a bad thing, it was actually a good thing. But I realized it wasn't all that God had for me and I'll never forget, and I was 19 years of age, almost 20, I'll never forget going back to my home church on a a Wednesday evening. They were having church services, and at the end of service, everybody found a place to pray, and I went over all by myself over in the corner of what used to be the youth center. I went over in the corner and just knelt down and prayed and said, God, I've been running down this road loving every minute of it, but I realize now this is not the road for me. So whatever you want, whatever you have for me, there's something bigger and better than this, and I want it. And that was a day that my life changed. And I'm gonna talk to you about this very thing today. I must also understand, though, if I wanna see God's will fulfilled in my life, there are two aspects to God's will. Everybody say two. Turn to somebody and say two. Pay attention. Tell them, pay attention. Come on, do it. Well, I don't know them. That's okay. I'll give you permission. Tell them. Smile and say two of them. Two things. Pay attention to this today. First of all, there is God's will for all of us. It's what his word says about us. It's foundational to our relationship with God. It's for all of us. It talks about being in the family of God and what that family of God lifestyle looks like. It tells us about the things he's prepared, prepared for us. It tells us who he is and what he is and who, how he sees us and what he wants to do in our lives, all of his blessings and all he wants to pour into our lives. God wants all of us to know that part of his will that's found in his word. It's fundamental and foundational to moving forward in God. But then the second aspect of God's will is the specific plan that God has for each one of our lives. In other words, it's the plan God has for me. The plan God has for me. It's that spirit-led life where God begins to do things that are unique for my life and in my life. It's the specific purpose and unique purpose that God has for my life. That's the second aspect of this. So let's dive into it today. Mark chapter 1. My introduction's finished. Now we're going to get into the message. Mark chapter 1. We read this this week if you're on the journey with us. Look at verse 16. And as Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Now pause here just a moment. This is the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, real close to the beginning of his ministry. These are the early days. He's about to start. So he goes out and he looks for disciples. That's where he starts. And he's walking along and he sees these two guys, Simon, who later on is known as Peter, Simon Peter, and his brother Andrew, they're fishermen. Look at verse 17. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Notice verse 18. They immediately left their nets and followed him now have you ever stopped and tried to picture that these guys are you know there with their nets they're fishermen they're working on things and all of a sudden this guy walks by and looks at him and says follow me I'll make you fishers of men you think it's fun catching fish I'll show you how to catch men and change their lives forever and these guys dropped the nets and walk away from the business to follow Jesus. It's amazing. It's amazing to think that people would just drop it and walk away. Because Jesus said, follow me. If you read the next couple verses, which we're not going to do, the next thing you see is Jesus keeps walking along the sea and he sees two other guys, James and John, these other two brothers. And they're with their dad in the boats. The whole family's got this fishing business. Jesus says the basic same thing to them. Follow me. And they drop it and they lead their father, the boats, the business, everything. And they follow after Jesus. You see, God extends his call to all of us. The will of God begins when God speaks to our hearts and says, follow me. If you put your faith in Jesus today, God is saying to you, or God has said to you, maybe he says it continually, follow me. Follow me. That's where the will of God begins. When I make the decision and I say, I'm in, I will follow you he says follow me but in order to follow god i need to change my life course and leave some things behind see a lot lot of people struggle with this well i have to give up all this stuff no you don't you have to start following jesus and along the way you'll figure out what doesn't belong anymore you see for peter and his brother for james and john they had to leave the boats leave the nets leave the family and follow jesus for a season and pursue him with all their hearts and today god calls out to us and he says follow me start this journey turn loose of some things that are distracting you turn loose of some things that are keeping you from following me and follow after me see some people say well that's such a negative message no it's not what he's saying is here's your old life there's this much fulfillment. Here's the life I offer. The fulfillment is unlimited, but you got to follow me. Walk away from the little stuff so you can pursue the big, important, eternal things. That's the call he has for all of our lives. Now, I want to go to Mark chapter 8. and We're reading through Mark, but we'll read these verses this week. But go ahead and look at Mark chapter 8 because I want to show you something significant about following Jesus. In Mark chapter 8, verse 34, it says, When Jesus had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Jesus is saying, let him turn loose of the plans you had for your own life, turn loose of your own will, And come and find the purpose for which I created you. Come and pick up your purpose and follow me. Walk with me. In verse 35, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. You know, this is one of those passages of scripture that is difficult for a lot of people. If you read it and just Proves through it real quickly and don't have an understanding of the big picture of God's Word. You can say, Well, I, I gotta lose my life. I gotta die. I gotta lose all my identity. Jesus is talking about your will and what your life is wrapped around. When we start following Jesus, when we first come to Christ, our heart and our lives are wrapped around all kinds of things. But He says, I've got more important things. And what He's saying is, You have an old identity but you need to be willing to lay it down and lose it to find a new, better identity in Christ. You know, John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the old life. When we walked in sin, when we walked in our own will, when we lived the life that we wanted to live, things are always getting messed up and burned up and broken and things are always dying and we're on a road to eternal damnation. But all of a sudden, Jesus comes along and says, hey, I've got a better plan. The thief wants to destroy you. I've got a life of blessing for you. It's abundant life. It's life that just keeps recreating itself. Come walk this road. In me, you can have... A life of fulfillment in God. 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul talked about this very topic. And he's talking about teaching the gospel and preaching the gospel and reaching out to people and loving people. And he says the reason you do that is so that people may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. And he says this, having been taken captive by the devil to do his will. See, some of us need to realize in the old life, I did what the enemy wanted to do. I'm laying that down because my new identity is in Christ and I'm going to follow him and let him do brand new things in my life and let him make me a brand new person. That's God's will for all of us. Not just some of us, but all of us. You see, finding God's will begins with surrender. Finding God's will, listen closely, finding God's will begins with surrender when I say, I want the Savior, but I also want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I want Him to show me the way. I want to follow Him. I believe His plan is better I want to follow him. Now, we're going to go to Romans chapter 12. It's a familiar verse, a couple verses of scripture. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there. The first two verses of Romans 12. We'll have the verses on the screen. Because people ask the question, okay, if I follow God, and if I decide, okay, I, I want to know God's will for my life, and it starts with this corporate thing. It starts with this call he has for all of our lives. What's going to happen if I follow God? Well, a life renovation process is going to begin. Romans 12, verse number 1 says this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. See, Paul said it's reasonable to come to God and say, okay, God, here's my life. Body, soul, and spirit, all of me. Here's my life. I give my life to you. I accept your plan for my life. I want to follow you. That's that sacrifice. That's that place of surrender. That's where we come and say, okay, God, you're mine. You know, Paul said, once you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, who paid the price for your sins, who paid the price for you new eternal life, he said, once you've experienced that, he said, you're no longer your own. You belong to him. So pursue the things that he has for you. But but look at verse 2 of Romans 12. It says this. And do not be conformed to this world. Don't be shaped by the old life, by the hand of Satan. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now that literally means to be changed by the renovating of your mind. That you may prove or live out experience that good and acceptable and complete or perfect will of God now let me walk you through this Paul says we need to make Jesus the Lord of our lives and ask him to guide our lives we need to submit our life surrender everything to him let him be Lord But then the next thing he says is, when we do that, he's going to begin to change the way that we think. A renovation is called for. How many of you know this is a good Sunday to talk about renovation? Yeah, we got no seats up there we got new carpet we got new carpet here we got temporary seats here uh, people are jammed in having to sit close to people they don't even know and you say well that's uncomfortable it is the will of god to have more space and we'll have it in a few days okay so ju- just relax with that thank you again for your patience but but let me show you something here the thing about renovation is it's a process it's a process see now i haven't explained this to everybody but over the next few weeks when we redo the lower floor seating we're going to change the arrangement of the seats you think you're uncomfortable today wait until the sections are rearranged you'll have to find a brand new seat i mean you've already got one that fits your carcass and it's all it's well i sit there every week you know what you're going to, have to find it it's going to be hard to find it's going to be different in here but here's the point I have learned that renovation is more difficult than new construction. It's dirty. It's messy. Especially when you're living in it. And see, some people start following Jesus and all of a sudden God begins to work in their lives. It's like, oh man, the things are so messy right now. That's because he has to change the way we think. And he says, I want to renew, I want to renovate your thinking. We say, well, what does that mean? He wants you to begin to think according to what he says about you he wants you to begin to think about yourself as he sees you he wants to explain to you who he is and what he is and what he wants to do in your life he wants to tell you about all the blessings he has for you but if you don't get into his word and begin to think according to what god says it makes it impossible to walk into the will of God because you don't understand God. You don't understand who we are in Christ. God wants us to know those things. We know who we were. I mean, let me illustrate it. If you're 40 years old and you come to Christ, you know what you've been and who you've been for 40 years. But now God wants to make you a new person. So what's he going to do? He's going to begin to change the way you think to help you understand who you can become in his plan. But it all begins right here in God's word, understanding what God has for all of us, who we are as his family members, who we are as his children, and what those plans are for our future. So in order to follow God, he's going to change my thinking. But I also have got to accept the fact that God will change my life. Following God has changed my life. Following God has changed my thinking. How many people in the room who've been walking with God for a while, how many of you can just lift a hand and say, God has changed my thinking about a lot of things? How many can raise that other hand and say, it's good? It's good. See, he's not trying to put us in bondage. Listen, he's not trying to put us in bondage. He's trying to release us from bondage. Because the old life was bondage. The new life is freedom and liberty. But he has to change our thinking. Because what he said to Peter and Andrew, those brothers, Mark chapter 1, what he said was, follow me and I will make you. If you'll follow Jesus, he'll make you everything God created you to be. If you follow Jesus, he'll fill your life with so much good you can't contain it all. You'll have to give it away to others. If you follow Jesus, he'll send so many blessings your way. He'll open up so many opportunities for you to impact other people's lives in your workplace, in your world, ways you never dreamed possible. God will do so many amazing things. If you will follow him, he will make you the person he created you to be. But you know, if I don't pursue this first aspect of God's will, this renovation, if I don't pursue that, then I'll never be able to pursue the personal aspect of all that God wants to do in my life. So the first aspect is, who am I in God? Who am I in his family? What are all the things he's promised to us as his children? If I can accept that and pursue that, then it opens the door for the next aspect of God's will. And I want to look at one more passage of Scripture, Proverbs chapter 3. One of my favorite passages in all the Bible, Proverbs chapter 3, beginning at verse 5. So let's look now for a few minutes At the second aspect, God's will for each of us, that unique, distinct, personal plan for our lives. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. You know i mentioned earlier we have misconceptions i remember when i gave my heart totally over and i surrendered everything to god i told you about it kneeling at the front of the church building i remember that night something expanded inside of me and i began to get excited because i realized that i was about to go on an adventure i didn't know all the thinking that needed to change But I knew there was an adventure that God had for me and in my mind I had it all figured out God's going to do this and he's going to do this he's going to do it this way and he's going to do it this way and this is going to happen and that's going to happen none of it happened the way I thought it was going to happen you know why because God had a better plan you see two years later from the time I was 19 and I made that commitment two years later I was in full-time ministry because God had a plan The journey was very, very different than what I thought it was going to be. And you know, here's the thing. If you start talking about God's will and if you don't feel like you're really living God's will, if, if you start thinking about God's will, you don't know what it is. So a lot of times we have these mental imaginations. Well, it's going to be this and it's going to be that and it's going to fall this way. It's going to, you know what? We need to lay that down and understand. You're not just going to wake up one morning and all of a sudden you're down a whole different road in a whole different place and magically the spirit of God just picked you up and set you down there. That's not God's will. God's will is something that I live out and I grow into day by day, step by step, decision by decision. See, some people think, well, then tomorrow I'm going to have 17 strides down the road. No, tomorrow you'll be one step down the road. And God wants us to learn to live each day in his will And not try to live in tomorrow and don't get stuck in the past. But live in the moment looking down the road realizing God has more for our lives. And I love this passage of scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. Now let me talk to you about this for a couple minutes. Because this is really a picture of what God's will is for your life. Isaiah 55.8. The Lord says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways, my roads, my avenues, my highways, my ways are not your ways. Has anybody here ever been in a situation and you tried to explain to God what he needed to do? (laughs) Been there, done that. Uh, wore out the t-shirt outgrew the t-shirt we've all been at that place where we think we can tell god what he needs to do next and how he needs to do it the problem is god's seeing a much bigger picture than what we see and god says you always need to remember that your natural thoughts and my thoughts are so different yours are down here mine are way up here and the road you think you need to take is not the road i need you to take i have a plan for you and so you need to understand number one ask god for his thoughts you know i mentioned earlier jesus said pray this way your kingdom come your will be done You know, there's so many days that I get up in the mornings and in my quiet time, I just say, God, I just surrender everything to you. Lead me into your ways. Give me your thoughts. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done. Whatever you want, I am in. And then I just be still and listen to God. I listen for his thoughts. I listen for him to give me direction. Some of you say, Well, can you really hear from God? You know what? God doesn't speak to me in an audible voice. The walls don't shake. The paint doesn't peel, none of that stuff. I just get the sense in my spirit. I just sense this is the direction I need to go. This is what I need to say. This is what I need to do. God wants to give us his thoughts. But to get God's thoughts, I've got to lay mine down. Because my thoughts are not always God's thoughts. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. But once you've got god's thoughts you need to trust those thoughts psalms 119 105 the psalmist said we we use this verse a lot around here the psalmist said your word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path god's thoughts bring clarity to things it shows me where i am it's a lamp to my feet shows me where I need to step next, it's a light to my pathway. God's word will do that. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us and drops something in our heart, it's not going to disagree with God's word. It's God's direction for us. God will guide us into his paths. One step at a time. See, some of us want to step way down there and God says you can't step way down there. All you can do is take your next step. Well, how how do I know God's will today? Take your next step. Romans 12, 2, your life will prove the good, acceptable, perfect, complete will of God. You will live out the will of God if you'll live with him and walk with him one day at a time. Learn God's thoughts. Trust God's thoughts. Let God direct you. And follow where he leads. Make the decisions as God shows you. You know god at times can be so simple that we just can't accept the way he's working now i know sometimes god does some really complex things but did you know for the most part the way god's working in your life is so simple that's why you miss it because we overcomplicate things well how how do i fulfill god's will for my life walk with god today and then walk with God the next day. And then walk with God the next day. Here's the amazing things. If you'll walk with God, he begins to open doors. He begins to close doors. He begins to lead you in the right way. All of a sudden, you'll begin to know, eh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel right about that. I don't need to go there. I need to go here. You begin to sense the leading, the working of his spirit in your life. Take the time to know God. Let me come back to this again. And I've got to hurry because my time's up, but give me, give me five minutes here. Let me finish this. We're sending out these daily blasts Monday through Friday. You know why we're doing this? We want to see everybody get the lid off the box and see God be bigger in our lives. Paul prayed and said, I want you to know God's will. Every person in this room today, I want you to know God's will for your life. But God's will, first of all, is to know who you are, what you are, who he is, what he is, and then start walking with him one day at a time. And you'll begin to live out the will of God. How is God going to lead you? God's going to lead you by his word, by his spirit. Sometimes he'll speak to you through godly voices around you. But always he's going to speak to you by his peace. You'll know this is the right path. You'll know. You pray about it. You lay it before God. You'll know if it's the wrong path or if it's the right path. In the last part of this message, what can I expect? What can I expect if I live in the will of God? Romans eight twenty eight says, We know all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose, His plan. What happens is when we submit our lives to God's will, God begins to work things out. God begins to make things work together. Even mistakes, even things behind us we wish we'd done differently, God begins to work. Even things that we don't understand that other people do to us, God begins to work. Decisions that we make, I'm not sure why I'm going here, but I sense this is the direction to go. In a few days, you'll understand why, because God makes it work. And you know, in the Old Testament, there's a story of Joseph. Joseph's story is amazing and everybody knows I mean, at least many of you know it You know God gave him big dreams when he was a kid and he was out blabbing it to his brothers and It was a big dysfunctional family and his 11 or 10 of his brothers hated him couldn't stand him They were gonna kill him, but instead they sold him into slavery and he was carried off He wound up as a servant in the big shots house there in Egypt and then he got lied about because he wouldn't sleep with Potiphar's wife and she lied about him and said, he tried to attack me and molest me. He winds up in prison. He begins to minister in the prison and be diligent there and the guys that he helps get out before long, they forget about him. And then one day he gets a call and in one day he went from the jailhouse all the way to the top of the penthouse. He was second in command over the entire empire of Egypt. He comes down to the end of his life His brothers who put him in that bad place to start with, they're afraid of him. Joseph says to his brothers, Genesis 50, he says, you meant it for evil. That word meant means you wove together this plan. You meant it for evil, but God was weaving the whole thing together for good. Because the purpose of God is that I would save our people and we would become a great nation. God had a bigger plan than what you understood. See, that's Romans eight twenty eight. God causes all things to work together. God weaves things together and it becomes wonderful if we'll walk with God. So while the enemy is weaving to prevent me from following God, God is weaving to prepare me to fulfill his will I'm out of time I got to finish right now because we're gonna sing one more song of surrender to God but as the worship team comes and gets in place I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads I want to pray for you heads bowed for just a moment nobody moving unless you absolutely have to father I pray for every person in this room today that we could know you we could begin to walk in your will we could learn your ways submit to your ways understand you and that every day would become an adventure as we walk in your will that we would learn your mercies are new every morning that you've got plans for our lives so today father we're surrendering to you we're laying it down and we're saying God I I lay my will down because I want to know your will I want to live your will from this day forward change me from the inside out lead me into the plan you have for my life in jesus name i pray amen stand if you would please this morning we're going to sing a song and then i'll come back and close in just a couple of minutes
1: It all, all. Every part of my world. take this life and breathe on this heart that is now yours. Come on, let's sing that together. You can have it all. Heart of my world. take this life and breathe. Take this life and breathe, on this heart that is now yours.
0: Right there where you are for just a moment, let's just take a moment and let this song be our prayer. Would you do that? Just quietly, everybody right there where you are, just lay it all down and say, God, I want your will for my life. I surrender to you. Thank you, Father. God's speaking to people all over this room. Let's just be still. Let individuals hear the voice of God. God speaking to people right now. Just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, what he's saying to you. you Father while your heads are still bowed and your eyes are closed maybe you're here today and you feel like you're on the outside looking in because you don't really know God you've never really committed your life to God You, you you believe there's a God and you've heard about Jesus but you've never come to that point where you said God I need you and I want you it's the beginning of the process when we accept Jesus as our Savior and choose to let him become the Lord of our lives You see God loves you so much he put his own son on a cross to pay for all the things that stand between you and him so when you accept his payment for your sins he wipes all that stuff away and you're free to know God and walk with him maybe today there's something tugging on the inside of you and you're thinking I want to know God what do I do from here It begins with you accepting him into your life i want to lead you in a prayer right now it'll do just that it'll open up the door it's not my words let your words let these words become your words just wrap your heart and your faith around these words i'm going to ask everybody in the house you don't need to yell the words but everybody in the house pray this prayer with me say god i need you and i open my heart to you please come into my life I want your life I accept Jesus as my Savior I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life so I give my life to you teach me your ways separate me from the old life let me find the life you've created for me show me who I am what you can make me from this moment forward you are my father and i am your child i will follow you amen now that's not the end of the journey it's just the beginning that opens the door when you leave today we got a little booklet little gift for you the next seven days it's really short simple reading for the next week a little bit for each day it'll help you start building that relationship with God we want to give it to you so in just a moment when we dismiss there'll be prayer teams at the front of the building they've got the book here they're here to pray with anyone for any need if you just walk down to one of these teams and say can I get the booklet they'll give it to you right there no strings attached if you want to get it and go that's fine if you've got questions they can answer questions If you want prayer for something else, they're here to pray with you. Please let us give this to you today. If you're in a really big rush out in the lobby where the glass doors are as you exit, right in the middle, there's a counter right there. You'll see the big sign over it. You can stop by there, get the same booklet there. Just stop by and say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you. Hey, welcome to God's family. Can we put our hands together and welcome new believers today? God bless you. Now, as we go, and we're just a little bit longer than usual, if, if you want to be upset, blame me, okay? Because I was a little long-winded today. But let me say this. As you go, the next two or three weeks, we're going to be in construction. Things are going to be a little different, but we are working as quick as we can. As you go today, don't forget all the different things going on. Uh, Bridgemen Tuesday night is going to be awesome. Also, parents, if you've got uh, teenagers in youth group, this is the last week to sign up for the youth convention, so be aware of that. You can contact the youth department and information center for more information there. Hey, God bless you, we love you, we appreciate you. Have a great week walking in the will of God.
2: Right this thing, yeah. Impossible. I won't deny it. I'm falling so fast with you. It's unstoppable. Love's so exquisite. How could I hide it? Taking me over, drawing me closer, drawn to you. You are every. to your feet.